Last Saturday, I celebrated a funeral, a big funeral, and um, when I went to the graveside, um, they had the stone removed where they had dug the hole and were going to place the body. And I saw the stone, and it had the name of the woman who died and her birth year, and then it had the, the, both the birth and death date of the uh, husband who died about five years ago. And this was a, I call it a serendipitous moment, because uh, the man was born in the year 1918, which was the year of the swine flu. And she died in 2020, the year of this epidemic. And so uh, husband and wife, born in one year of a worldwide pandemic or flu, and the one died um, uh, in the year of the pandemic. I say this because it looks weird looking at you with your masks and when I wear mine. And um, uh, it's very odd. And hopefully this will, if it comes back a second time, it'll be over hopefully. And hopefully this and nothing like this comes again in the rest of your lifetime. And if that's the case, then you, this group of communicants in the year 2020, are really unique. So you're not going to have beautiful communion pictures with that mask on your face, but it's the reality. And when you have your children 15, 20, 30 years from now, and, and they make their first communion, they're going to say, Mommy, Daddy, why did you wear those masks? They'll have no clue why we're doing it. Because it will be over the pandemic. Um, so I'm going to tell you, uh, it seems silly to me to take pictures with you, with you and me having masks. But in two months, maybe, when this is over, if you want to come one Sunday and you're dressed in your communion outfit, I'll take a picture with you if you should want one, okay? But I just want you to uh, just absorb the fact that this is very rare and unique, and this is a, you're maybe the only group that will be like this. But, but at the same time, it, it has its negative side, too. Today, these scriptures, they're all Eucharistic in theme, uh, and, but I'm going to talk about them in different order. The first reading I'm going to refer to last. The second reading I'm going to refer to first. And the third reading is going to be second, my comments. The second reading actually took place after the gospel, but it's referring to Holy Thursday night at the Last Supper. And it's the scene where Jesus is at the table with his 12 apostles, and He's about to die the next day on the cross. So this is what he says to them. At the end of the meal, he took bread. He said a blessing. He broke it. And he gave it to them. And he said, this is my body. Eat it. Then he took a cup of wine and he blessed it. He said, this is the cup of my blood given to you to forgive your sins. Drink it. And whenever you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So here we are 2,000 years later, a little more than that, doing exactly that. We are taking bread and wine. I will say the prayers, the same words from that reading that are the uh, words of every single Mass, the consecration prayer. And take bread and say, this is my body, eat it. Rem remembering Jesus' words and remembering Jesus' death and resurrection. And why? Why did he want us to do that? Because he wanted to gather us. He wanted to bring us together as a family of faith. 
that we could share him, share his word, share the scriptures, share our understanding, and share in a way of life. We talk about uh, Jesus walking this road, this path of life, and he says, come follow me, be my disciples and walk with me. So that's why we do this. This is why today is so special, because it's the first time that you will receive the Eucharist, having been prepared to do it, and letting Christ into you in a new way, in a very powerful way. I mean, imagine, he says, eat me, drink me, let me in. So we eat him, drink him in the sacrament through this symbol of bread and wine. So that we think, ah, just like food that fills our bodies, we're taking spiritual food to fill our soul and our heart so that we can become in love with Jesus the Christ and walk with him daily. So in the gospel passage, we actually have, this happens on the night of Easter. Uh, and two disciples, not the apostles, but two of the disciples who went everywhere with Jesus all the time for three years, they were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It was seven miles the distance. And as they're walking along somewhere on this road, suddenly Jesus came out of nowhere and started walking with them, but they didn't recognize him. Why? I don't know. The gospel doesn't tell us, but they just didn't recognize him. This was the night that he rose from the dead that morning, and so now he's appearing to these two disciples. And so Jesus walks up to him and says, what are you two talking about as you're walking along? And they look at him and say, what? Are you the only person in all of Jerusalem who doesn't know what happened this past weekend? And he says, well, what? What sort of things are you talking about? Well, didn't you hear about this Jesus, who they're not recognizing, this Jesus who, who they put to death on a cross, and, and then there's this news today that he's been raised up? And so Jesus says to them, they still don't recognize him, boy, you guys are thick. So he starts to tell them all about what the prophets said about him, everything that was in the scriptures, the, the word of God. He broke it open for them and talked about it. And then when they got to Emmaus, he, he was like saying, okay, I'll see you guys. And they said, no, no, don't go, stay. It's so late. Just stay with us. Have something to eat. And then he does what we read in the second reading, which I just referred to. He said, took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And poof, their eyes were open. They recognized him. As the scripture says, they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. They recognized him when he broke the bread, just like he had done on Holy Thursday. So they said to each other, oh my God, OMG, weren't our hearts burning as he spoke to us about these scriptures? He talked about the word of God, and didn't it just burn inside you? It was so powerful. So they ran seven miles back to Jerusalem and burst into the room there where the apostles were. And now there's 11 because Judas killed himself after he betrayed Jesus. So the 11 are in there and say, oh my God, can you believe it? Did you hear the news that Jesus raised from the dead? This morning it happened. And then it says, then they told the 11 what had happened to them as they walked on the road and how they came to recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. Now, if we go back to the first reading, the first reading is the Acts of the Apostles. And... Uh, Actually, Emmaus happened chronologically, historically first, and then the Acts of the Apostles was the early Jewish Christian community 
And then the second reading is a letter to the Corinthians, I believe it was. And, and, uh, but this one is telling about the first Christians who were Jews. And, and what it says is that, first of all, they would gather like all the other good Jews on Saturday. That's their holy day. Even today, that's when Jews gather. This, Jews celebrate Saturday like we celebrate Sunday. So they would go to the synagogue and pray together and read the scriptures and, and pray. And then on Sunday, these Jews who were now Christians also would go to their homes. And a few people would gather and they would break the bread, drink the cup of wine, read the scriptures, and celebrate Jesus. They chose Sunday because that was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And that's what we do. Now, at the beginning of this pandemic, about 14 weeks ago, uh, and I'm still doing it, I just wrote a message today for our Facebook page, but I was writing uh, these messages, and I was saying again and again, I haven't said it for a while, to all the domestic churches out there, every one of you is, it, it's an old, old term from the Scriptures, you are a domestic church. You're a church in the home, domestica. That's, that's a small church community. So right now, are there 26 today receiving? So there's 26 domestic homes gathered here, more or less. Little church communities. And really, that's where most of faith happens. If you just come to Sunday Mass, that's once a week, one hour a week. But where are all the other hours? Where are all the other hours? And if there's, let's just say there's eight hours a day, more or less, that you're awake at home, uh, let's say ten, then that's about 69 hours of being around each other in your domestic church. And this is where people are supposed to grow in their faith. They come to eat and drink of the Lord on Sunday so they can go home and then live their faith. And this is where they love one another, where they forgive one another, where they uh, praise God together with one another. This is where they hear God speak to their lives and where God begins to form them and shape them to be a people like that first reading. It says that they broke bread in the homes and then they started to share what they had in common. If somebody had a whole bunch of something and some people had very little of that, they'd say, well, here, have some of ours. They were generous and compassionate and loving and sharing. And this is how they grew in their faith. They reached out to one another. They took care of the poor. Because as small domestic churches, they were growing in their love for Christ. Growing in loving His way and walking with Him. Now, you're, what, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14 years of age? Um, and you've been in these domestic churches in your homes. But what you're doing today is taking a step, a big step, to welcoming Christ into you in a sacrament, in the sacrament of the bread and wine, the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. And, and in a very provocative way, you are eating and drinking Christ into you, eating and drinking Christ into you, so that this spiritual food will help you grow spiritually and make you and me better people. Let's see, I received my first communion when I was seven years old, 1957, and uh, so that's what, what's, uh, that's about 40, no, 50, oh well, 60, uh, whatever, 
63 years ago. 63 years, I think it is. And um, I, bet, I bet you I've received communion 40,000 times. This is your first. This is not supposed to be your last. Every week, every day, if you want, you can come and receive communion. But at least every week, all these little domestic churches like you gather so that together we can grow in our faith. And sometimes a little domestic church is hurting because it's not doing so well. When it comes together with the big church gathering all the domestic churches, this is a chance we all get to learn and grow together. And hopefully if the priest knows what he's talking about and is inspiring, he maybe will touch something in you with maybe one word. Maybe it'll be a song. Maybe it'll be a prayer that we say. In fact, today, with you, I'm going to pray my favorite Eucharistic prayer. It's a new one. In the last 15 years, I think it was written. And it even has a title. It says, Jesus, who went about doing good. And I want you to I'll remind you to listen carefully to the Eucharistic prayer today. Listen to what Jesus said and did. What he said and did. Because what he said and did is what you and I should say and do. We should live it. Grow in it. Our lives should speak to others. They should say, wow, look at those people. They really look like Jesus. They follow him. They talk like him. They walk like him. That's our call. So let us continue our celebration and first of all lift up some prayers for the needs of the world. So please stand. <laughs> 